0: Hello, Monday Misfits. I'm Kale. And I'm Kate. Welcome to Horrorwood.
1: say that I like the color of your sweatshirt Kale it's oh. it's a really good color for you
0: really oh thank yeah thanks
1: you're welcome that's <laughs> nice
0: you know what it's green and I I like usually tend to go with the blues but
1: um mm-hmm. well my favorite color is green so maybe that's why I'm vibing up with it. Right oh now. I
0: like it um also are you wearing the same shirt that you've worn like the last three episodes because I feel like it's always cubs related maybe which makes me happy <laughs> Uh, I feel like the possible. last time we got on, you were actually um, wearing a cup shirt, and then I did like a whole thing. I was like, oh, you've got a cup shirt on. But now it's like,
1: she's still got the shirt on. It's very possible. It's just been one long,
0: continuous day.
1: But really, it's been like three weeks.
0: I like it. I like it. It's like very groundhog-ish of you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Uh,
0: you have an update for us. So I please, do.
1: Please it's let us
0: Very exciting. In.
1: So. We talked about this on our Patreon episode last week because we had just found out about it and we had already recorded the regular episode. So our Patreon peeps, you already know about this. You got like a little first, uh, first-hand first look. hand, oh. Yes. Um, but we want to bring this to the masses because this was on one of our regular episodes and we said we'd give you an update when we had one. So... David Pierce, the shit stain who drugged Christy Giles and her friend Hilda Marcella Cabrale-Sarzola, has finally been indicted on homicide charges. Oh, God. And so has Brant Osborne. He's been charged with two counts of being an accessory after mm-hmm. the fact. So Dusty Giles, who's Christy's mom, said she was shocked to learn of the indictment because no one had said anything to the families. Um, oh. It was actually returned by a grand jury on December fourteenth, but kept sealed until about two weeks ago, and or maybe even yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. And so it's a huge deal because David Pierce had been trying to delay things mm-hmm. as With much all as of the possible, lawyers, right? Yeah, he kept firing his attorney, which then delays the case. He refused to enter a plea, like just being a basic asshole. And uh, Dusty said, this is again, Christy's mom. She said, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. I told the DA I was glad we were not aware this had occurred because we would have been nervous wrecks Mm -hmm. on pins and needles while waiting for the grand jury decision. We've been in the arraignment portion for so long because David Pierce kept not entering a plea and changing lawyers. And it kept dragging out and out and out, and it felt like it would never end. We feel like the big cog of the wheel of justice has made a full circle,
0: entering into the pretrial portion. Woo, woo. Uh, I, I cannot imagine what it's like to be on that side and oh. to have to go through that. And I just, you know, my heart beats for that uh, uh, both families and yeah. friends and, you know, And I mean, it's just
1: if you're trying to prove your innocence, it doesn't look (laughs) look great when you won't enter a plea, when you keep firing your attorney. I mean, he's been dragging it out for months and months and months. Right. Right. And the thing is, so Brant Osborne, who's the one charged um, with accessory, Mm -hmm. he's out on bond but until he has to go back in they oh. go back in February 9th
0: i believe it is this week oh so yeah this week
1: yeah uh, so david pierce however remains behind bars because he's also charged with a shit ton of other crimes other, yes. for sexual assault and rape I so it, i'm not sure what his way of thinking is here that like he thinks he's going to get out of this by firing attorneys and dragging it out it's like dude you're already behind bars <laughs> right for a bunch of other charges like he's just an asshole who's being a dick to these families and i hate him and i hope he
0: rots in jail well i also think you know he's he's withholding information because basically he's an asshole. i not only that is i think there's major guilty factors there I mean, and, he's
1: definitely guilty. I don't know <sighs> if he feels any remorse. He he
0: certainly hasn't acted that way. No, but as an asshole would do, like he's he's just delaying the inevitable and making it. Um, you know, he's giving himself more time again, mm-hmm. creating creating the asshole. To, um, but uh, yeah, it this it's gone on long enough. Yeah. So
1: February ninth, uh, they're back in court, do. and we. Again, we'll keep you posted on everything that we hear. Great. Thank you so much for that update. Yep.
0: And we'll have more for you guys. And you've got something for us today. I do, in fact, have something for us, and it is odd. Oh. Strangely peculiar. Ooh, I like peculiar. Gives a certain vibe. Love a vibe. I'm going to just say like get your get your strange goose pimples knock knock on them and wake them up because you're about to get some.
1: I'm about to get some. Oh <laughs> well, this took I a mean, turn.
0: Oh lord. Ooh la la. Uh, <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> okay. Uh cheeky. I I meant as in like I constantly had like kind of um you know the hair rising on my on my arms on this one. Ooh I'm excited. Yeah th- I don't have any other words for it other than strange. I love strange, and I always thought of like the Jim Morrison, like people are strange. You- I yeah, that song. Um, more so, you know. I I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, I'm excited, and, and like every episode, of course,
1: of course, <laughs> of course, it is. <laughs>
0: Oh, y'all, um, I've been <laughs> a little under the weather. Kate is also under the weather, so just bear with us. Um, we feel my, like butt today. Uh, yeah, I might have some gurgles in the voice. I have much coughing to do. Um, I have, but some we're snizzles. gonna push through it, and we're here we're for gonna, you guys, and we we're are excited get through this. Um, I'm ready for the peculiar. <laughs> uh, so, huge question. Oh, and I'm I ready. actually, so I don't believe we've discussed this with one another. And definitely if we have, we have not done it in depth. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm always ready. Do you believe in UFOs? Yes. Have you ever seen one? No. What is your knowledge of them?
1: Oh, okay. Well, my knowledge is solely based on episodes of Unsolved Mysteries.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Go with it.
1: (laughs) And... Uh it's that they do fucking exist and they will sometimes straight up steal you out of a car like a, your whole ass family and then take your memory of whatever happens during the next 3 hours and then plop you back down in that car but in different seats.
0: Whoa. Okay. Sounds like a wild ride.
1: Okay, well you should watch unsolved mysteries on Netflix.
0: Uh I did I have watched a, a, like I think I watched A few, maybe the first. Did you see that
1: episode? I don't remember it. Oh my God, it's fucking terrifying. Was it in the second season? Was it in the first? Now I'm like trying to. I'm really bad at pinpointing which episode is in which season. But suffice to say, Matt was also terrified by that episode and he doesn't really get scared over much, but he was just like, what the fuck?
0: Okay, so here's a good question. Do you think, and I kind of am curious, like if you can maybe answer for Matt too like if you've had these conversations do you think the government is hiding any involvement with them yes do you think he he thinks that too
1: um that I don't know okay I don't know if if he thinks that I'm curious
0: like if you've had that you know kind of conversation but I think the government
1: definitely knows some shit that is that they're keeping confidential okay you heard (laughs) it here
0: folks (laughs) with that do you think aliens exist hmm See, that's tricky. Uh, Right? Okay. Because. Share.
1: Tell me. So going back to this Netflix episode where the spaceship took the family and then plopped them back into the car in different seats, I feel like that was more than just technology and more than a computer that would plop them in different seats. But at the same Uh time, it is hard for me. To go, there. but like, who knows? I don't know. It's it's hard for my brain to. Okay, <laughs> I can't look at you when you do that. Kayla's just giving her impression of an alien. An alien. Mm-hmm. It was it was special. I need you to do that, and then, like, as like a, a boomerang or whatever, because okay. we're posting it, and I'm not even kidding. Okay. Not okay. even no. Do it right now on your phone. Yeah, do
0: it like. I don't know if I can. I can. I don't know if I can. Okay, let me try it.
1: This is making me so happy.
0: Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah, this one's this one's the winner. Okay, great. I saved it even. Okay, Okay, good. I'll send it to you because I'm a nice person. Yes, you are. Um,
1: yeah. So it's it's hard for my brain to to imagine aliens, but if I believe in UFOs,
0: then you would think, yeah. I don't. That's that's tough. That's a tricky question. That's good. Okay. Well. you know what? I'm here for the tricky questions. You're a trickster. Yeah. So now my next question is pertaining also to aliens, even though we don't know if they exist in our opinions, but would you ever willingly go with one if per se they do exist? Willingly.
1: Okay. This is interesting because – I feel like I'd fucking want to know what's going on. I'd be like, yes, yes, creature. Let me see what all is up there and back there and wherever there is. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd probably be fucking terrified.
0: It's like landfills. Yeah.
1: But you know what? If the alien was like, girl, it's cool. Like, You're just going to come with me for like three hours. You're not going to remember a thing. I'm totally going to put you back right in this location and you, if anything bad happens, don't worry. You're not going to remember it. I'd yeah. be like, oh, let's go, let's go see. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Well, would you ever, you know, I'm kind of terrified of landfill. Would you ever willingly go to a landfill? Well, I would go up to the landfill and, like, look at it.
1: But once you start sifting through shit, like, there are way too many bodies in there. Mm-hmm. 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 Did you ever watch Sling Blade? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: No. Okay. Just me. I'm all alone in this. <laughs> um, okay. Here's one, a couple more questions and then okay. we're going to get on with it. All right. What's your stance on other worlds? Like other planets say, or like? Say, yeah. Well, we know planets exist, but I mean, just really like, okay, say a UFO comes down, say an alien is inside the UFO and takes you, where are they taking you? Is there another world? I don't know. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There them. could be like how,
1: okay. I, I, I'm not going to say there is not
0: because I don't know. Where do you think an alien or UFO would take you if they had the chance to come to Earth and snatch you up? Like, would it be a universe, like a different universe, or like a like Mars? For instance, I feel like,
1: like it would be like in a an, like another dimension. Dimension? Oh, yeah. Okay. I like. like <laughs> and then they and then they do whatever they want to do with me in their alien know.
0: ways, and then they. <laughs>
1: And then they oh, and then I'm fuck.
0: back. Now you've got me in a whole new profession. I think I want you and I to go into like voiceovers for like alien stories. We would be so fucking rad at being aliens. Fuck yeah, dope as shit. Let's go. Last question. Mhm. What's your understanding of Area 51?
1: You know what? I'll be honest. I don't know a whole fucking lot. Is oh. that where UFOs landed?
0: Well, it was like a government base or something. According to Britannica, it was a secret US Air Force military installation located at Groom Lake in Southern Nevada. Got it. It's administered by Edwards Air Force Base in Southern California. So I got all that from Britannica. Mm -hmm. Now there's been much speculation that's been knowing about, like, this installation, right? And there's, like, all these reports of UFO sightings, countless conspiracies okay. that include stories of extraterrestrial life. E.T. Phone Exactly. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, according to the government, th- th- it's only been confirmed as a flight testing facility. Okay. Um, also, according to Britannica, in 2013, the U.S. government officially acknowledged the existence of Area 51. So it wasn't like, t- but 10 years ago that they actually acknowledged it, even though everybody knew about it for years. And
1: I see. Were they did I, they deny it existed, or they just didn't? They just kept mum on the whole
0: subject. I think they just, yeah, kept mum. Okay. Maybe they denied it, but I don't know about that account. But I, I just think that it was like not acknowledged got it that it would yeah that it like existed right okay. um but it does and if you watch like stranger things it's kind of like that right I- i've had friends who have like wanted to go there and like kind of you can't really get in but i think there's uh like a little things around the way like maybe gas stations and other little accounts oh, that okay. have things on the way yeah but like you can't actually like you're not you can't like tour it, or right? It. Okay. No, no, I don't think it's like a touring thing. I think it's more of like on the way. There's probably lots of little setups by, like, get your alien slushy at the Seven Eleven. Yeah. So I just, I'm just curious about what you were thinking in terms of if aliens exist, if you believe in UFOs, and all of that. Because today's episode is going to bring about some ponderings, wonderings, fascinations, true mystery-like perplexities and curiosities. Ooh, peculiar. hmm James Jim Anthony Sullivan, or Sully as he was often called, so Jim or Sully I will refer to him as, was born August 13th, 1940. Aaliyah? Yes, that's not too far, five days from your birthday. So he is the same sign as you, yes? I think so. He grew up around San Diego after his Irish-American parents moved from Nebraska to work in the defense industry. Now, San Diego, as we know, and we've we've um, discussed a little bit in the… Um, Archul. Um, Archul, yeah. That was really fast when you said that, and it sounded like Archul, and then I, I was already <laughs> coming up with the name, and then when you said it, it made me even more confused. When you say defense industry, you mean like… Uh, military or yeah, it now I couldn't find that it was like military related. But if you're thinking about San Diego, then it's most likely military. Okay, because I don't know of any other defense industry to be honest. Yeah, so you gotta I mean, because what else do you got to defend?
1: It, exactly, that's going to have a whole industry. I would think the military is a good guess.
0: So that's what we're going with. <laughs> G- <laughs> we are punchy. I don't know what. Yeah. Jim met his wife, Barbara, in junior high. Aww. Now, I know, that's, that's, that's cute. pretty cute, actually. He was a quarterback in high school and six foot two. I say that because the photos I've seen of Jim Sullivan depict a weathered man, one that has held <laughs>
1: a, weathered a rough man. life. <laughs> that's my favorite description of a person ever. He was a weathered man. He had I a mean, rough
0: life he gives off this kind of good essence of like kind of a folksy guy. And like, he kind of looks like David Crosby a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't mind that. Like I, like actually a lot. Shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Because what I was saying was, um, these photos, he kind of, like we, I said, depict a weathered man, one that has held kind of a gruff life. And that may have a few tales to tell and a worn out look. Like he's kind of looks a little bit worn out and he was he was pretty young in most of his photos. I mean,
1: if you tell me that this man gets abducted by aliens, yeah. is
0: that what you're here to tell me? Listen. You know, there might be some foreshadowing going on, um, Shit. but I'm going to let you continue along with everybody else. So,
1: okay. So I'm on the seat of my pants. I mean, wait, that's not it, right?
0: I'm on the edge of my seat. On my pants. Okay. So think 34 and younger in some of the pictures that we'll post. Um, Jim did look, though, as if alcohol may have aged him in a way that that Mm. youthful presence was long gone. That'll do it to you. Yeah. But as he grew to be a man, his quarterback days went from passing footballs to writing, singing songs and playing the guitar.
1: Oh, okay.
0: He had, and I made this up, he had a musician mustache. Well, like that David Crosby look. Yeah, you know, the folksy type of handlebar Mm -hmm. mustache that makes you want to go smoke a J and put flowers in your hair. Okay, (laughs) that's what I do. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. Jim grew up listening to the blues, which inspired him to play in a local rock band to start out his infatuation with music. Okay. He was involved with a band named The Survivors with his sister-in-law, who was the lead vocals, and they performed in the San Diego area. In 1968, the family set out for Los Angeles. At this point in time, Barbara and Jim had a seven-year-old son named Chris. Barbara got a job at Capitol Records. And Look at her. I, yeah, right? You Get know. it, Barb. Jim stepped his foot into the show business scene with his consistency of writing songs and strumming on the guitar. Okay. Um. Now he did. He played at a, a variety of places in that Los Angeles area. This one seemed like really relevant, so I'm including this one. He played at the Raft in Malibu, and he. And I don't know if that's still around, but um, at the time he often packed the place. Okay. So according to Underappreciated Rock Artists and Bands, it's a website that I got a lot of information from, he rubbed, quote, rubbed elbows with Hollywood figures like Farrah Fawcett, Lee Majors, Harry Dean Stanton, and Vic Morrow. Oh. Um, and then, and then um, in one of the articles, it might have been that one, he also uh, gained a friendship with Dennis Hopper. And he had an uncredited role in the famous cult classic Easy Rider. Oh, all right. But I think that was more him as opposed to like maybe his music. Yeah, yeah. In 1969, Sully and his friends were able to put some funds together. It was to invest in getting Jim's like first album produced. Oh, okay. Now, this, this part feels very L.A. to me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe you can tell us why because you actually live there. But it was named UFO. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of feel very L.A.-y? Not in the least, but I like it. Okay. Maybe I just think because it's SoCal and for some reason I think – when I think SoCal, I think desert. When I think desert, I think UFOs. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but what doesn't feel so Los Angeles about this album is that it's got this more of like more uh, a spiritual side, kind of mysticism of lyrics. And then it has the genre styles of like full country and rock. Okay. Now, I say that's not very Los Angeles. Yes, of course, Los Angeles has folk and country and rock. But when I think of country, I'm thinking of more of like Nashville. When I think of, of rock, I'm thinking of a certain area. And then folk, I'm thinking like San Francisco, right? So like, I'm, okay. I don't know. I was just saying like, to me, UFO <laughs> seems very LA. I don't know. I <laughs> The backup sounds in the album consisted of the illustrious Wrecking Crew. Um, so it included uh, Jim Bond, who played the bass, And according to that underappreciated article I mentioned earlier, um, he handled – so he handled the string arrangements that lent – this is all quote – haunting quality to songs that were conceived as being purely acoustic. So all of these like string arrangements sounded very acoustic. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Don Randy would play the keyboards in this band and then Earl Palmer played the drums. And then – In fact, there were as many as 20 musicians on the scene in the studio during the album recording. So that's probably where you get all those other like string um, sounds. Yeah. The same article reported that there were personal connections to many of the songs, including the song Jerome, which is like about a a ghost town in Arizona and his sister-in-law's hometown. Then there's another song called So Natural, and that was written in honor of his older brother, Jack. Uh, he had died of a heart attack. Oh wow! Yeah, he had a he had a few uh, brothers. I want to say maybe three. Since Capitol Records, so that's where Barbara worked. Remember? Okay, um, they passed on the album.
1: Wait, Barbara passed on
0: her own brother-in-law's album. No, that was her husband.
1: So she passed on her husband's
0: album. I don't necessarily know her job title. I don't. I mean, it think probably it wasn't, wasn't her decision. Her. I think it was Capitol Records, okay. and that's a big recording, uh, yeah, agency. And so, you know, maybe they just didn't didn't feel it or didn't think it would be a money um, endeavor or something like that. But yeah. that is where his wife worked. Okay. Um, and they pa- and they passed on this album. So because of that, the UFO album came out of the band's own label. I think it's Monnie, M-O-N-N-I-E, and it was named okay. after the daughter of one of the investors. Now, this article underappreciated. Uh, it continued on and cited that the LP was later reissued on the Century City label with like new artwork. So that is one thing that happened with this with this record. And then later, we'll talk a little bit more about that record again. Okay. Um, and. Unfortunately, though, this album just didn't really pick up any like radio impact. And at the time, it didn't have any like big money-making potential. So that, that was a bummer, right? Um, and then just a couple years later, there was a follow-up album. And this time, it was self-titled. So um, Jim Sullivan. This time, the album was released on Playboy Records, just one of those other media outlets that Hugh Hefner's Empire tried out. And we briefly mentioned it on another episode. Hugh Hefner tried out a lot of stuff. A lot, yes. He, he, Yes, he did. Again, though, um, Jim just never really got his breakthrough in the music industry. And about this time, he and his wife had another child, a daughter. And then, at, you know, as with the stress of feeling like you have so much talent to put out, but it's not being picked up in a way you hoped, Jim and his wife started drinking too much. Ooh, never good. With that, the marriage was in question as it was, what? many marriages do under the pressure of success, industry flailings, raising children, and using alcohol as a coping method, it was just simply falling apart.
1: Mm, they were together so long. Yeah, Come on, guys. You can make it. I, I'm pulling for Jim and Barb.
0: Right, you well, You're going to have to keep pulling. Ooh. So here we are this dude, he decides he's going to pack up and head out of L.A. without his wife and family. Oh. He moves out of Los Angeles and, and decides to move to Nashville. I think the intention was for the rest of the family to go out there once he kind of, like, got his feet back on track. So Jim and Barbara are still technically
1: together at this point. He's mm-hmm. just going out to, like, Check mm-hmm. things out, get situated. Okay, yeah.
0: And he intended to meet up with his sister in law, Kathy Duran, and her husband, Dave. He was a guitarist in Nashville, and I think he was okay. because he has that kind of like country feel too, with the the rock and the folksy part. Um, I think he was like, "All right, I'm not. It's not working out here in Los Angeles, so let me try Nashville." Mm-hmm. You know, he was seeking a new beginning or a fresh start, if you will. Yeah, and he headed to Nashville. A Makes place sense. where he was thinking he could launch his music talents and his career might take off. Mm-hmm. So he drove off in his packed-up Volkswagen Beetle on March fourth, in nineteen seventy-five.
1: Okay, something tells me that that date is not a good date.
0: Well, let's just say the first few days of March it may not Ooh. be good in nineteen seventy-five for Jim Sullivan. Okay, this—he's on a road trip. He's you know trying out this new fresh beginning. He's hoping like things kick off and that maybe he can call for his family um, mm-hmm. and he's meeting up with like a sister-in-law. So I, I, you know, I think there was a sense of like, I need to turn around and this, this could be it. What do you mean this could be it? Like, like I need to turn, turn my life around and and Nashville could be it. Yeah. I thought you meant like he needs to turn the car around. Oh, turn the car around. But he's got a plan. He's, he's got, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just hoping for the best. I think at this point he's like, you know, Nashville, that could be it. Yeah. And, he, and I will say this. He seems talented. I've looked at some of his lyrics. Um, I listened to a few of his songs. Now, they are a little, um, I guess, on the slow side, but I, can, but I know the feel, right? Like, I can get okay. it. And I can, if I get myself into that, I can, I can resonate with it. So a day later, so now we're on March 5th, he arrived in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to attempt to report the weather in that time frame. Thank you. It it wouldn't give me the exact, but it said in March around this time in Santa Rosa, New Mexico, the temp is in the 50s. It can okay. go anywhere from like, you know, 40s to like low 60s. Okay. And then gust of wind up to 20 miles per hour. The visibility I couldn't get, and I'm wondering if it just depends on the wind, mm. it seemed a very average temperature day in New Mexico when he arrived. Nothing out of the ordinary, just yeah, calm drive. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that was all for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, he checked into a motel named La Mesa, La Mesa in Santa Rosa while en route to Nashville. However, reports state it's unclear if he actually ever stayed there as the motel key was found inside its room.
1: What do you mean the motel key was inside the room? Mm. I mean, isn't that where you leave it when you check out?
0: Well, he never checked out. Oh. Get ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. Ready for the ride. It yes. was also stated that he bought vodka at a local liquor store. I don't blame him. He bought this vodka and he was stopped, but he passed the sobriety test. So I'll, t- I'll tell that a little bit later. Wait, was he drinking while he was driving? I don't think so. Oh, no. okay. I I don't think so because he, he was stopped at some point in like New Mexico. I might've been in Santa Rosa as well, but he passed a sobriety test. Okay. Now for somebody who has a tendency to have a lot of alcohol, it's possible that like, I don't know too. I mean, again, this is in 1975, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of sobriety test it was. And other reports, um, indicate that like he probably was drinking, but I mean, who, who really knows? Right. Okay. So we don't um, know if he was drinking while driving or not. No, I don't. F- I want to say he wasn't, but maybe he was. So, anyway, what's wild is his car was later found abandoned. And in it was a suitcase, a wallet, some papers, a box of unsold records, and his guitar. Huh. It was found 26 miles away at a remote ranch. Weird. This ranch belonged to the janetti family. Mrs. janetti and two of her ranch hands could see his VW headlights uh, uh, miles away, and they drove about 10 miles to locate him and to ask, why was he on the property? Yeah. Here's here's what bluetoad.com published, um, and it's discussing the Jim Sullivan sighting on the ranch. So this is all like kind of italicized and like the conversation. and. So when they got to his car, Mrs. Gennetti asked if he had a problem. Jim said, no. Do you? And she said, yes. Oh. You're on my property. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and then in the same publication, it was reported that they they don't know what happened from there. But she did talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was okay. cited. And that, and that's in almost all the articles. That okay. he was cited um, on this ranch that he, you know, he talked to her. And of course, I think after that, she just left him and like want to make sure that probably he was getting off the property. My thought is that like he got in his car because again, they said that his car was found like 26 miles away from Santa Rosa. I think that the, the ranch, it had a lot of, uh, a lot of land in the property is okay. what I'm imagining um, because they said that they saw those headlights miles away.
1: Yeah. I'm sure like out there that oh. in the desert
0: area, like you've just got land and land and land, land and land. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things that, that was reported, like I said, was that his uh, brother Jerry visited because no one knows what happened from there. Like after the Genetti, um wife went down and those two ranch hands, no one knows what happened. And so his brother Jerry visited that area, like that Santa Rosa, New Mexico area several times. So that was the last time he was spotted was Mrs. Giannetti. That was the area of disappearance. And
1: when was that? So was that March
0: 4th? We think probably March 5th, maybe possibly like into March 6th. So his brother, Jerry, visited that area of disappearance a few times. And the last time he went, the sheriff had resigned. The motel people joined the service. Again, this is all from that bluetoad.com. Okay. And the Jannettis had sold their property and moved to Hawaii.
1: The sheriff resigned. That doesn't Mm -hmm. seem odd. The Jannettis sold their property and moved to Hawaii. I mean, can't blame them. Went to Hawaii. It's fucking awesome. Right. Um, And then what did you say about the motel employees? Uh, They joined the service. Like the military service? Yeah. Like individually, none of that feels strange. Okay. Nothing out of the ordinary. Yes. So his brother goes out to, like, search the area or whatever, doesn't find anything? Well, they found his car. Yeah, the car was found. Yeah. He was not found. So the car was found by that ranch? Yes. Yes,
0: Okay, it was. At one point, after arriving, he called his wife, Barbara Sullivan, from a payphone. And this was their exchange, and it was reported by the New York Times originally, but I got it from Route 66 News. Okay. And this is a long quote. Because I want you guys to get the actual, like, exchange, okay? Mm -hmm. On March 5th, 1975, Barbara Sullivan got a call from Jim telling her he was all right. So she had no reason to think otherwise. He'd only left the day before. Remember, he left on March 4th. Mm -hmm. The conversation continued cryptically. When she pressed for details, he responded, you wouldn't believe if I told you. I said, Jim, what's the matter? Is anything wrong? And he said, forget it. Just forget I said anything. I'll call you from Nashville. Weird. The, um, the report goes on to say, after days went by with no check-in, Sullivan's family began calling hospitals and the police. An officer told Barbara's sister that Sullivan wasn't in jail. And the officer said, but if you ask me, that's where he belongs. Oh.
1: hmm Why
0: would he say that? Well, because that's where they learned that after 15 hours on the road, he'd been pulled over on suspicion of driving under the influence. But, like I said, he passed that sobriety test. Yeah. He and then, after he passed the sobriety test, he checked into that hotel. See, in my mind, in like the timeline of events, he probably got pulled over. And then I think after that, he went and bought the vodka and then he checked in the motel or he got pulled over because, you know, it was on his way. He checked into the hotel and then he went and got, went to the liquor store and got the vodka. So he got pulled over before he ever even had the vodka. Well, it doesn't say that. Oh, okay. Um, But I assume that's my assumption of the timeline. I kept putting different like scenarios in order and I was like, well, maybe he was swerving, maybe he was tired. I just, it's hard to know. Yeah. I mean, if you're driving that many hours, like that. would make sense also we know that he did have a problem with alcohol and so like yeah it's i don't know now the other weird thing is this was on march 5th so did he call her after he had the run-in with the janetti uh wife did he call her in the ranch hands or did, like did he call her after the um Sobriety, you know, or the um the test he passed. Did he yeah. call her after he got checked into the hotel? Because I could see him calling to be like, "You wouldn't believe it if I told you I got I fucking
1: got pulled over." Right. Forget it. I'll just you know talk to you when I get to Nashville or whatever. You
0: know, I could see right. that, or even like, or even if you know, after the Genetti thing, maybe he found a payphone somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Right. But it it seems more like believable that he would have called. um you know, after he got pulled over. Okay. And But then I also feel like, well, why
1: didn't he just say, I got pulled over? Right. So he's probably on a time limit if he's on a pay phone. He probably has like, you know, five minutes. True.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if he was on a, but in any case, police did report that uh, the bed had never been slept in at, at the La Mesa. Mm. The New York Times reported also found on Route66news.com that on March 8th, So, again, this is like three days later um, after that phone call. Mm -hmm.
1: The Sullivan's
0: car was towed away about 24 miles south of town. Okay. And um, now we know that some reports said 26 miles, but this one said about 24. It goes on to say the 12-string in the front seat was a sign something was very amiss. Quote, when I heard that, I knew he wasn't coming back, Dobbs said no matter what, Jim would never have left his guitar.
1: That's the thing. When you said the guitar was left in the car, I was like,
0: something nefarious went on here. Right? That was um, producer Al Dobbs. I think he was, you know, they were friends or whatnot. And so, like, he clearly would know that the guitar was a very meaningful object. And Jim Sure. I mean, it's why he was going to Nashville. Exactly. And so that quote that was reported in both those sites, like, that is huge to me. It's giving creepy. It's giving creepy, Kale. Mm. hmm There are many theories out there revolving around the disappearance of Jim Sullivan. One is that perhaps the Jannettis had mafia connections in Chicago. Oh, did not
1: see that one coming. And, like,
0: kind of want that to happen. I don't
1: want Jim to
0: get killed by the mafia. No, 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 I know. But I... I do love a good mobster story. <laughs> oh my. Terrible. I know. I really do. They're, you know, they're kind of fascinating. Okay. You know, that the mere fact that some random cowboy looking possible drunk was on their property could alert them whether he knew where he was or not. So that's maybe one theory, right? Okay. But I don't foresee that happening. Mysterious, or not mysteriously, but just like coincidentally or whatever, they moved to Hawaii. So interesting. I'm um, just putting that one out there. Um, and some theories suggest homicide, of course. Right. Um, but like by who? By who? Exactly. I mean, maybe genetics. I don't know. Maybe. But, but I'm just saying like, of course, that's a theory. Maybe sure. it's some random. That happens a lot. So that was a theory. Uh, because after that encounter with the genetics, Jim Sullivan was never seen again.
1: Did his car move from the location where he spoke to Mrs. Janetti? Mm. So she talked to him there. She was like, okay, what are you doing on my property? And then his car remained there and she went back inside the house and then he just disappeared.
0: Yeah. And that's what's like really strange um, about this is is just like... There's no – that I could find there's no, like, where he was having car troubles or where there was a conversation about that or anything. Like, it Mm -hmm. seemed like he was so matter-of-fact when he was like – she's like, do you have a problem? And he was like, no, do you, you know? Yeah. And then she stated that he he was on her property. So, yeah, that's why there's so many oddities to the story and, like, weirdness and, like – Well, then he couldn't have
1: made the call after if his car stayed there. Like, I doubt that he – walked to wherever a
0: payphone was. I'm just trying to find anything. Because, I mean, again, so it was on ranch property 24, 26 miles away from, like, the um, motel. Okay. This town. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I, honestly, I don't have a lot of experience in a desert. I don't know if there's, like, random payphones. I know when I have been in um, some national parks... Um, there are some random pay phones in national mm-hmm. parks yeah, because you don't have any service. So they have these, you know, so I, I don't know. I just, something I was putting out there. Um, another theory is that he may have been disoriented or lost. Mm-hmm. I can um, see that. Maybe, maybe he drank the entire contents of the vodka. Maybe he had more than that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that, maybe the ranch hands came down with guns. Like, I, you know, and maybe I mean, yeah, just we like don't he know. ran away. Uh, we don't know. That's the, that's the mystique of this all like the mystery of it
1: even if they had killed him at that ranch like they could have
0: robbed all his shit and they oh, it, none yeah. of it was gone so like what would be the proof but but maybe they don't want a guitar and it papers because that does that's going to tell you like that they did something you know what I mean and maybe he didn't have a lot of money I, it seems like he might not have so then what's the glory of like maybe they just maybe they thought maybe if they were involved in the mob the mobbia the mafia. The <laughs> That he was a mobster or something. And, and he clearly had a little bit of an attitude if he responds like that. But then maybe that was all made up too. Maybe she made that up. This is so I mean, this is her account. I know. Another thing was he could have been wandering through the desert and just succumb to the heat or the cold or starvings of middle of nowhere lands. Like that's, that could be believable. Hmm. But then some truly believe that he was abducted by aliens. Of course, aligning to the title song of his first album. Do you remember what it was called? It was called UFO.
1: Right? So is there evidence that points to UFO? I want, I need to know evidence.
0: If you look up that song, and maybe we could even like post it somehow or something. um, I don't know. There's some alluding to like going up into a UFO and I don't know. It's just interesting. Okay. We'll try to post a link to it. Okay. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Search parties did not find any trace of him despite the vast attempt of his uh, the two brothers making several trips to New Mexico to try to find any information of his whereabouts. And I think there was one article I read um, that was interviewed his son, Chris. One of them said something about, um, you know, they had like dogs, I think even. Like they had, you know, there was yeah. definitely a search that happened and that they were just living kind of in limbo because they didn't really know. There was just so little information. Now, here was what's something that was very interesting. They did find a decomposed body that resembled his stature. So that was pretty tall. Oh, okay. Um, and it was found in a remote area some miles away. However, it was determined that the body was not that of Jim Sullivan. Ah. Right? And so that's – it's really – it's really odd that – you get something that's so similar, so close, and then it's just then it's not that person. Well, also, who is that body? Like, right, right. people are just going missing and decomposing. What's going I on didn't, here? I didn't go. I didn't go into that. Um, His son, Chris, when asked what he wants people to know about his dad has been quoted in the article, Mystery in History, The Strange Music and Stranger Tale of Jim Sullivan, which I think is an awesome title. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was located in Flood Magazine. Not only was he a good guy and talented musician, but quote, some of that ability gets lost in the mix of such a fascinating story, Chris says. He was really great at what he did. And even even he himself was like, you know, when all this was going on and like, you know, I'm was rather young like I didn't really like I don't he didn't say he didn't enjoy his music but he didn't really I think he didn't appreciate it because like what kid does right 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 exactly and so that's that's interesting um there was a bit of a cult following that developed years later on of course there was and his album UFO and his freaky disappearance and this is where I'm going to bring up Matt Sullivan which is no relation <laughs> Oh, okay. But he's the founder of Light in the Attic Records, and he resurfaced the UFO album and then decided to, like, reissue it. Ah, uh, so he, okay. So he has interviewed a slew of people, and that, the Blue Toad, I think a lot of that was interview or information from from Matt Sullivan, but he was able to interview a slew of people who knew Jim, some of those voices that were involved in his music recordings. However, they, but there was just no nothing to unveil in light of his disappearance. There was, like – no new revelations when he, yeah. you know. Because it's kind of like all the same. Everybody accounts for the same things. Like all these articles I read were very, very similar. Sure. And I just kind of was like picking things out. And some of them I just liked the title better or whatever. And so, like, Because it's all pretty much the same. I didn't find a lot of new information. So if anybody has anything, or if they're like really wildly fascinated by this disappearance, I mean, we'd love to hear more. But what Matt Sullivan did do is get the music out there in like the social media era. Okay, so that's pretty cool, and it sparked some new interest in his uh, and Sullivan's music, and then and then because of that, it sparked interest in like the disappearance. And the coincidental like title of his UFO album and song, because then everybody started thinking about it again and was like, oh my God. And then he had this song. Is it like foreshadowing or what you know? Right, like, right. Maybe he went up. And um, since 2019, there have been a few podcasts and revelation of Jim Sullivan's vanishing. I entertained a few, but was most intrigued by Joe. Ivan or Yvonne and Sam's Dawn of Mantis. Ooh. You can listen to it. I think it's like maybe an hour and a half or something. And this episode was just a real trip. We'll link it. Yeah. The, these three guys were were very interesting. But I wanted to end this episode with the unfortunate circumstances that Jim Sullivan's son has had to endure. Oh. Not only did he have to navigate the disappearance of his father, he lost his sister Jamie in 1988 and his mother Barbara in 2016. I know you're going to ask how they died, but I could not find that at all. Oh, interesting. As Route66news.com solemnly expressed in its article, what happened to musician Jim Sullivan near Santa Rosa nearly 45 years ago, quote, the only things that survive of Sullivan are his son and his music, end quote. Mm. So I had a lot of like compassion for Chris and I just – like felt bad. How
1: old was he when his dad disappeared? Maybe teenager, maybe around a teenager. Okay, like
0: 13, 14. Yeah.
1: Wow, that is young.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, that is the strange, weird, mystifying, vanishing of Jim Sullivan.
1: So peculiar. I'm still stuck on the fact that all of his stuff was in the car. You could you could Wild. definitely go down a rabbit hole with this, for sure. Oh, sure. And I probably will after we (laughs) sign off. Let us know what you think. If what you think happened to him, you can leave it in the comments on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Horrorwood Podcast. Or shoot us an email at horrorwoodpodcast at gmail and if you're feeling so inclined, you can jump on over to our Patreon and become a
0: Misfit Murderino, uh, and that's at patreon.com slash horrorwoodpodcast. Yep, and you looked unsure, but you got—I know, I really—I had, <laughs> had
1: to think, I had to think, and we would love it if you could rate, review, rescribe, rescribe. That's not—that's not the word. Rate, review, and
0: subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Let us know what you think. Have a fabulously mysterious, mystifying Monday, Misfits. Bye.